0: From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. Touchdown, Kareem
1: Hunt. Uh, six and one feels pretty good, right?
0: Yeah, it does. And Kansas City got win number two hundred for Andy Reid on Sunday Night Football. That is a huge accomplishment. Congratulations, Coach Reid. I concur. <laughs> Thank you for that, Ryan. And we have Matt Derek back with us for another episode of Locked On Chiefs. This is just right after the game, uh, Matt. I imagine that the locker room was pretty excited, and I imagine of all the people that would really excited, it would be the defense that would be a little bit more excited than the offense.
2: Yeah, everybody was pretty happy tonight after this one. Um, you know, surprisingly, though, I, I and it shouldn't necessarily be, but a- Andy Reid just wasn't even mentioned about win number two hundred in the locker room um you know he, he's not one to call attention to himself or anything like that so he, that doesn't seem a surprise but yeah kind of low-key from that perspective but no i mean this was a happy locker room i mean they were coming in you could hear the, the shouting um probably a little bit more celebration on the field tonight so maybe it was a little bit more subdued than you might think uh given the score because this by the time they got to the locker room party was kind of winding down um they'd been having their fun on the field they Good grief they I mean there was the scout team defense on the, out there at the end, so the starters were all kind of on the sidelines already, so well yeah this was this was a, this was a wild game, man
0: and celebration of the year with uh you know Eric Fisher resuscitating Tyree kill
2: <laughs> that's that's the winner for me. I mean, you know the Demetrius Harris uh, throwing the bomb and jumping into the the pit for cover was hey, that's pretty good too, but no, I'm going to give it for you know, hey, you get an offensive lineman involved, that's great. But the resuscitation, especially the way that the timing came about after you know Tyreek Hill had, had to run down the field about 50 yards twice in a couple of plays before that touchdown, that uh, was very well executed by those two guys.
0: Yeah. Well, I couldn't yeah. believe he dropped it. He dropped that uh, touchdown uh, a couple of plays uh, before.
2: Do, I mean, yeah. Did we ever see Tyreek Hill drop a ball like that? Never. Well, he let it get that open. Yeah, he just never does that. I mean, that's the just the, the most surprising thing is. I, it's probably one of those cases that a little bit he was just a little bit too wide open and a little bit too comfortable with it. Just knew that he had it. Um, that's a lesson to be learned. I mean, it'll probably mean that he's going to be a little bit more focused on those in the future. But yeah, you couldn't. I mean, he was so wide open; it was a perfect ball. Uh, should have made that catch. And obviously, him going over to the stands and standing there, kind of in the corner, you know, consoling himself. You could tell. I mean, he knew he should have had that one.
0: Yeah. No, and it ruined, uh, or it didn't ruin anything. Sorry, I apologize. But I do think that it's, it was a fantastic game by Mahomes. And, you know, one of the, there's a couple of small things in that game that really stood out to me uh, when you're talking about what Patrick did. And to me, it was going into the end of the first half and watching them be okay taking a field goal. He didn't push it. Now, I don't have the all 22, so I obviously can't go back to see if there's anybody open. But, he just took what the defense gave him and he was okay just getting three points. I think that's a huge thing after the way it ended in the half last week.
2: Yeah, there was a couple of things that I think were pretty notable that, about that because we were discussing this in the press box. Is, you know, in the past, maybe, you know, with Andy Reid, maybe he would have let Alex Smith take one shot, one play, see if they got any the yards, and then try to move the ball. But how many times have we seen this Chiefs offense in the past? Um, get the ball with, in that situation without you know with less than two minutes on the clock, and just run the ball, you know, run out the clock and go to halftime. Especially with the lead, um, to me that's said a lot about you know just where this offense is, how aggressive they are, not wanting to you know give up any opportunities. And then hey, that maybe goes back a little bit to last week with the Patriots too, but. Uh, just the fact that they were willing to go out there and try and push it down the field to get the touchdown to, in that situation. Uh, and then you're right. I mean, you know, Mahomes didn't didn't force it. I mean, he he, he went ahead and didn't turn the ball over, kept it, uh, and got the points at the end. So, I mean, going back to last week, that's a lesson learned.
1: So, to, I mean, to me, I think that's a really big st- positive step forward for him. I think the thing that I noticed the most just watching it live was that he, how much he used his legs for effect but not – to take chances, just that he got done what he needed to get done.
2: Yeah, you know he he's doing a better job of not really putting himself at risk. Um, maybe on that 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 run to the sideline when he got pushed out of bounds and they picked up the penalty. Uh, maybe he pushed it for a couple of extra yards there. But uh, it, hey, with the slide, you're right. And at least he did a better job with the slide. That's still not textbook.
0: Uh, well, but, against this Bengals team, that's where you, that's where you get scared. With you have. You run in the middle of the field with and you never know what he's going to do. I mean, uh, yeah, he's $112,000 less rich, but uh, he doesn't seem to really care about the money.
2: No, I mean, and this is a, a defense that's that has a, a lot of those guys. Actually, I mean, this is a this is the defense that's going to push around and everything like that. And the Chiefs, you know, they showed tonight just like in the Jacksonville game, they weren't going to take it. I mean, you know, there were a couple of uh, hits that were kind of questionable at times, a couple of tackles, and a couple of moves here and there, and almost every single one of them was greeted with a Chiefs player getting up in a, a Bengals face and saying, "Nope, that's not going to happen." Yep. Um, you know, this team has an attitude. I mean go back to the off season and then talking about he, on both sides of the ball, wanting some more toughness and ag- aggressiveness. Uh, And they've got it. I mean, they've got it in spades. This this team has been trying to show the last few weeks, just because we get an offense that can run up and down the field doesn't mean that you can get physical with us and, and push our guys around. They've been jumping to the defense of their teammates and themselves quite a bit the last few weeks.
0: Well, and two things that stood out to me and along those lines, that specific play where Mahomes got shoved a little bit late out of bounds, uh, you saw Jordan Debbie get up in the guy in, I think it was yeah. Dunlap's face. And, you know, I thought at the time that because Debbie came over so late and I didn't see the flag get thrown until way after, I thought Debbie was going to get called for it. And at that point, I didn't care. Just I'm sorry, you don't let a, a guy take a shot, even though that wasn't really a hard shot. You don't let the guy take a cheap shot at your quarterback. And then the other thing that stood out to me when you're talking about uh, players standing up for their guys, you saw Chris Jones get in a defender's face and say, no, you're not talking to my quarterback when he's on the sideline. Uh, because Mahomes got ran out of bounds to the right-hand side, right into the Chiefs bench, and a defender tried to get up in his face afterwards and talk to him. And Chris Jones was on the sideline saying, nope, that isn't happening. Love seeing that from this team.
2: Yeah, we've seen that a, a few different times, and and you know, and I asked the question, and, and and most people disagreed with me. I, I feel like this team has been a little bit quicker to defend Mahomes than maybe they were to defend Alex Smith, and and that's not anything necessarily a reflection of Alex Smith. I think it's also a little bit of you know, hey, Alex Smith is a veteran, he can kind of defend himself sometimes because he was willing to talk to guys if he thought that they gave him a late shot or anything. But this group, you 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 touch Mahomes at late or in a physical way, and this these guys are trying to make it absolutely clear: nope, you're
1: not gonna you're not gonna deal with this
2: quarterback that way.
1: The thing that I find the most telling about that is how the entire team, from from Winchester to the entire defense, realizes that they can all do their jobs, and they can all get their paychecks. But they can't win without Pat Mahomes. And I, I think that the ownership of his, you know, frailty, I think, is is telling that this is a team that's that's the wagons are circled, right?
2: Well, and, and, and going, speaking to that, I mean, that's why I was really baffled on that last drive in the fourth quarter while he was still out there. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, granted, they were running most of the time. But they, they took a couple of shots. They threw a couple of balls there. Uh, I, I thought I thought Chad Henney would be out there. I thought a lot of, you know, their backups would be out there at that point. Um, but they had a, quite a few of them, quite a few of the starters still in there. They started working in some of their skill guys. You know, Marcus Kemp got out there a little bit more. Uh, they had Robinson and Conley out there, too, by the end. But, no, I – and Spencer Ware was running by the end. But, no, I, I, I was surprised that they didn't put Chad Henney in for that last drive. They, the game was over. game was won. Uh, I, there was no reason I, didn't, I did not think for Patrick Mahomes to still be out there.
1: Well, that's a very good point. And, and folks, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about those backups that some got to start and some got to play tonight because they weren't aware of it. But make sure you check out the rest of the Locked On lineup. We have all kinds of shows, baseball, all kinds of stuff. Definitely check out Matt Williamson in the Locked On NFL show. He's got a great lineup. We'll be right back. Are you looking to reach new customers? I could be mentioning your business right now. Podcast listeners are 60% more likely to interact with their sponsors than on web pages or other forms of media. Our demographic is 98% males and offers more opportunities than traditional media audiences. Have your company sponsor this podcast today. Email us at LockedOnChiefs at gmail.com. You know, ever since we started this podcast, people are always asking us for advice. And usually, it's what team to bet on. And the truth is, we don't know who's going to win. But if you think you know, you got to check out my bookie. Remember... Who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why we always tell people to bet with my bookie. They are the best bet this season. We'd only recommend a service that our listeners can trust has been good to us. That's why we're urging you to check out my bookie. You win and they pay. They have live in-game betting and the most rewarding player perks in the business just for you fantasy guys out there. You can even bet on the over under on how many fantasy points a particular player will score each game. Join now and my bookie will match every deposit dollar One for one. Use promo code LOCKEDON to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON when creating your account to claim that bonus. You play, you win, you get paid. So we hinted at some of these players that were very key. And I know that you talked to one guy in particular that has really, really grown on me despite... The, the pictures of his hair at Eastern Michigan. But tell me how Andrew Wiley is doing with his, his newfound role. Yeah, you know, I, I thought he did pretty well tonight. And considering,
2: you know, some of the guys that he was up against and some of the situations he was facing, I, I, I thought he fared pretty well. Um, you know, the the Bengals did not really get a lot of pressure on on the homes tonight. Um, and, and I think, Andrew, Wiley was, a, Wiley was a big part of it. I mean, he, he definitely played pretty well. I talked to him after the game, and he was definitely fired up. This is his first NFL start. He obviously played a little bit before, and he has this season. He filled in last week when he came in as a reserve, but this was his actually first NFL start in the regular season. And, uh, yeah, I, I thought I thought he played pretty well. I mean, we'll see what happens on when we get this, the full 22 and everything. But, you know, I, I thought he played solid. Uh, Jordan Debbie there played solid bef- bef- alongside him. Um, you know, talking to some of the offensive lines, I talked to Eric Fisher as well, and you know, he he thought that he went back to even training camp and talking about the fact that uh, they worked both those guys into the the first team sometimes because of injuries, but even just getting them some reps and everything. And he, you know, Eric Fisher said that's a big part of their chemistry and the fact that they they can able they're able to go deep into the reserves and and they feel comfortable with each other. And that hasn't always, I think, necessarily been true for this team. You know, past maybe their. You know, we talked about the really six offensive linemen in the past when they had Zach Fulton, and that's who they kind of felt what their starters were. You know, this year they're having to go a little bit deeper, and, and they do feel like that they've got a pretty good close group there. Um, they, they all get along pretty well. They feel pretty good. Uh, Wiley was very really excited tonight. he was pretty pumped up throughout the game. Um, his parents were in town for the game they weren't they bought their tickets weeks ago, even before they knew that he was going to be in the lineup and playing tonight. So uh, when I talked to him, he was he was getting ready to go go see them and everything. said so his dad gave him the same speech that he 's always given him going back to middle school and everything before every game so uh, it was a, it was a great night for for Andrew Wiley. He was really excited and a big night for his family. Wow. I'm looking forward to seeing your whole write-up on that. That's going to be on Chiefs Digest, right? Absolutely. You will have it up here in a few hours. So oh. by Monday morning, everybody gets uh, wakes up. They'll be able to see that at the site.
1: Then you can get all the details, folks. So he wasn't the only one, though. And I, there's a number of guys. Uh, first and foremost, I, I've been looking for it for a couple of weeks. I've been talking about it quite a bit. But um, Chris, what was your impression of how Dorno Daniel did when he was forced in?
0: I thought it looked very good. I Obviously, there's a lot to be seen about how he played on the back end when you can't really see him in coverage. Uh, but considering it doesn't seem like he was really thrown at very much, I think that that's a good sign for him moving forward. I'm really interested to see uh, if he continues to get playing time, if Smith is able to come back. Matt, I have to ask a question just real quick. Did Was there any update on Smith? I know it's an injured knee or knee sprain, uh, but is that all you really heard?
2: That was all I heard. I, I actually was in the locker room when Andy was going, so I didn't get to hear his full update on that. But, yeah, that's that's the only thing I've heard so far. Um, didn't look great. I mean, he wasn't putting a lot of pressure on that knee when he was helped off the field and everything. So we'll probably find out more on Wednesday just you know, what what the situation is with him.
0: Well, and I get that a lot of fans are going to say, well, they, we'd rather see Dorian O'Daniel play, and I get that, and I respect that they want to see O'Daniel play. But what I will say about Terrence Smith is he's been a core special teams guy for Dave Tobe since he's been here. And he is a huge special teams ace for this team. Uh, and that is something that has a lot of value, whether or not fans want to give it the value that I think it deserves. Uh, I was impressed by O'Daniel. I was impressed by the d- offensive line for the most part. I do think that Cameron Irvin had a little bit of a rough game going against Geno Atkins. But considering Atkins is probably one of the two best defensive tackles in the game, uh, I'll, I'll let that slide a little bit.
2: Yeah, I, you know, I, I think uh, looking at the, the numbers, I think that they the Bengals had seven sacks or hits on like 45 dropbacks. So that that's not bad. I mean, right. and this offensive line has some worse games than that. So, no, I mean, I think that's pretty promising. Um Otto Daniel, uh, second on the team in, sa- in tackles tonight with four. Um, one of those was for a loss that was a really big hit. And he, yeah, he del- delivered a, a, a licking on Joe Mixon. Um was a really big hit from him. So, you know, so, hey, sometimes with these guys, you know, obviously the Chiefs defensively, they tend to bring these guys along really slowly. And and maybe that's not always the right move. Maybe it's, it's a little bit out of caution. Um, but sometimes, you know what, you know, the best way for guys to learn is under fire when, you know, they come in a situation like this. And because that's what Odaniel had tonight was, you know, there wasn't he didn't have to have any time to to think about it or to worry about it or fret. He just had to go out there and go. And um, yeah, I, I thought, I mean, yeah, uh, you know, cursory glance what we saw tonight, I, I thought he performed pretty well.
0: Yeah, I agree. Talking about sacks, I want to bring up a couple of stats uh, on Patrick Mahomes that I thought were pretty interesting. Uh, for the year, he now has he's been sacked eight times on the season. Uh, he is only has been sacked for a loss of thirty one yards on the year uh, if you take out his one bad sack against the jaguars he'd be averaging only two year two yard loss per sack now this specific offense doesn't seem to really matter when you think about you know getting into third and sixteens or or second and fifteens or you know lost plays where you're losing a whole bunch of yards on sacks it doesn't seem to phase this offense but last year that killed Kansas City's offense
2: yeah you know it did and I, I, and i have a hard time really you know reconciling it to a degree and everything because you know hey alex smith was was pretty good at at, at trying to avoid sacks too although he would sometimes take a sack rather than force a bad ball right. and patrick mahomes is much more likely to get rid of the football than to take the sack So, you know, then maybe that's the biggest part of it right there. You know, hey, Alex could move pretty good in the pocket so he could avoid some as well. But, you know, I think the biggest part of it, I think, is that the offensive line is pass protecting better than they have in the last few years. Um, Maybe some of that is just scheme and design, the way that this offense is running right now, because it's a lot of the same personnel. Um, But, you know, you're right. I mean, that's they, they really have not had the big, you know, killer negative play and everything that can, you know, take you out of sc- either scoring position or set you up into th- some third and longs and everything. You know, they really haven't had that. So, you know, you're right. I mean, I think that that is a big part, and especially tonight, as effective as they were on third down, they just – they were not – they didn't face any, you know, really serious third and longs. They had the third and 17 um, that they almost converted. But, you know, uh, was that? Watkins, I think, couldn't hold on to that ball. Um, you know, so that, that's how you convert third downs. You don't take sacks. You don't get, you know, big
0: negative plays and, and find yourself in third and long. Well, and penalties have been killing them as well. Uh, the other, a couple of big things that have stood out to me right now, Patrick Mahomes is on pace to break 5,000 yards passing for the season. Uh, he's on pace to have 50 passing touchdowns for the season. Uh, and, yeah, a total of 11 interceptions, which I know is a little bit higher than Ryan would like. But I think Ryan will give him a pass if he throws for 50 TDs.
1: Well, what was my prediction preseason? It was like, didn't I say like 26? Well, he's going to make it next week. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. Uh, <laughs> and throw into that, I mean, sixth straight 300-yard game. That's that's the most, you know, 300-yard games for any quarterback in Chiefs franchise history only three guys in NFL history have more consecutive 300 yard passing games Drew Brees, twice, Andrew Luck, and, and Peyton Manning. So and if,
0: if he can get past the Broncos and the Browns, uh, his next opportunity to really stumble could be the Cardinals, because I think the Cardinals' defense, pass defense, is a little bit better than they get credit for, but they're struggling this year. Um, but, yeah, he's looking fantastic again this season – or he's looking fantastic so far this season. And, obviously, it's it's fun to watch.
2: Yeah, you know, and another thing, you know, looking at the rest of the season, and this is just, you know, probably if you're a Chiefs fan, you're just talking about this being kind of greedy. And, you know, this is projecting a little bit based on what we've seen so far. But going into the second half of the season, you, you've got to think that you're going to have a lot of games where – they're gonna score a lot of points, but these aren't great teams on their schedule. So I don't think they're gonna be giving up as many points as they have been through the first, you know, seven games of the season, you know, obviously this night, notwithstanding, defense played pretty well. Um, but I think they're gonna have more, you know, the opportunity at least for more games where they're gonna be having pretty comfortable leads and, and not end up having to really get into any shootouts or having to try and rally late to you know maybe get a score to kind of put them back up and everything. So they may end up running the ball more down the road, so maybe they won't be as prolific passing in the second half of the season as they have been because the schedule is going to be completely different. I mean, it's a different makeup of teams. And if a, a good grief, if this offense continues its trend of jumping out on teams in the first quarter, this is the kind of schedule in the second half that these could be a lot of games that they have put away by halftime and then just, hey, give the ball to Kareem Hunt, give it to Spencer Ware and run out the clock. Give it to Sherman. Come on. 230 yards tonight, and they didn't go to the Sherman one, so I know you were disappointed,
1: Brian. I, I am, but the Broncos are coming, so it's like it's kismet, or at least it's for, for me. So, folks, we'll take another break there because I've taken us off the rails, but uh, there's other things to talk about, particularly about this defense. We'll be right back. All right, so I think the number one thing that we were complaining about last week turned around this week. And that is the, the aggression and the instinctual play of the inside linebackers. And I, I, being in the locker room, Matt, you have a unique perspective on how they're carrying themselves. Was this Bob turning them loose or was with the players taking accountability and changing their game?
2: You know, I, I, it might be a little bit of both. Um, I think that, they, you know, I, I think that the, the scheme tonight was a little bit more aggressive. Um, I think the atmosphere, too, obviously got them hum- pumped up a little bit and everything. Um, And I also think it was just kind of a good matchup. And I, I, I think that this Chiefs defense and what they try to do actually fairly, matches up fairly well against the Bengals. I mean, you know, I, I was talking to somebody before the game about this. You know, with this defense, everybody is so hard uh, on this defense about the number of yards that they're giving up and everything. But... To me, you know, I'm trying to look, take a look back at it, and looking at some of the stats and looking at some of the trends and everything. The reality of it is, is that I don't think that this defense is playing a whole lot differently than it's played in the last five seasons under Bob Sutton. It's just, it's all about turnovers. Uh, that you know, this is a bend but don't break defense. It's designed, I mean, to a degree, to give up yards. They they don't want to. They they want to do two things. They want to force you to kick field goals and not score touchdowns and they want to turn the ball over and that's where this team the last two years has been so inconsistent versus the first three or four years under Bob Sutton and that they're just not consistently producing the turnovers Uh, last year you know it was all their turnovers were feast or famine either they they turned the ball over and they won or they didn't force turnovers and they lost Um, tonight they forced turnovers they roll they, the defense rolls. I mean, that's that's what this is. They're going to give up yards. I mean, it's just what a Bob Sutton defense does. It's all about whether or not that they produce the turnovers. And tonight, you know, they they did that. Um, you know, the pick six. You know, Ron Parker was a huge play, and they had almost nearly had a few others. And everything. I mean, they got their hands on some balls tonight. So, you know, to me, that's that's this defense. If if and maybe this was just a good matchup. Maybe that maybe the, that it was just favorable in the things that the Bengals want to do. You know, kind of played a little bit into the Chiefs' defensive strength, but that's that's how this team rolls. I mean, if they if they produce turnovers, their defense is going to play like it did tonight.
0: Well, and I will say, I think the other thing that you're seeing on this defense is, and this is something I said last week as well, and I've said it a couple times already this year. This is just going to be the way the defense, uh, the way they were against the Patriots, is going to be the way the defense is going to be sometimes, and it's mainly because teams are going to try to be coming from behind at all times. I mean, Kansas City, you said it earlier, Matt, Kansas City has gotten out to a huge lead in the first quarter four of the the seven games, I think, so far this season. Uh, And that is definitely not doing their defense any favors. Yeah, it gives them the opportunity to pin their ears back uh, and go after the passer, but they're not built to – continually get after the passer and be able to get them down although I think D4 has been playing well what I will say though is to me this defensive effort was great to see tonight and it happened without the two best well at least one of the best players on the defense still not taking a snap this season Uh, and another big piece in Justin Houston not playing as well
2: yeah, and, and you're doing it with, with still a lot of backups in a lot of different spots and everything.
0: Well and ta- um and I had to ask, I meant to ask you, did Tom Pasino play tonight? Did you see him play? You know,
2: I I don't remember seeing him out there. We talked about it in the press box too. I, I don't remember seeing him. I know we saw his Frank Zombo right. and they're, they're at the end of the game when it was the, the scout team defense out there with with Kendall Fuller, uh, it was Zombo and Speaks. So no, I, I, I'm not a I don't know if, if Pasino even played tonight.
0: And I'm wondering if that has to do with just giving him rest, considering they didn't think they needed him.
2: Yeah, and before the game, he looked like he was kind of going through the same process that he did last week. He was out on the field, you know, testing the ankle and everything like that, but um, didn't look like he was going through the, the, the same workouts that he usually does and everything. Um, uh, the substitution list does show that he got into the game, but I, I don't know if that's just on special teams or we'll see that he did some defensive snaps when we get to snap counts on Monday.
1: Yeah. You know, I want to go back for a second because uh, he wasn't the only guy that got in there or, or that we should be looking at got in there because I think Ron Parker's pick was – Obviously, when they're up at that point, it's not as significant. But like you said, this is a defense that is made to create turnovers. And the safeties in particular have been bedraggled all season. And I thought Ron made a play that not only showed uh, what he can do as a player, but <clears throat> the fact that, that Bob was able to change and and do kind of to the Bengals what the Patriots did to Pat Mahomes last week in caught him off guard, got them into a set where Ron was, you know, playing that robber role down in the middle and just wasn't seen. Uh, I thought that particular strategy was a, a positive for both Ron and for Bob. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it
2: was almost the exact type, same type of play, um, different position and everything, but it was the exact same. Um, and Dalton just did not see him. It looked like he just threw the ball right at him. Uh, and hey that's bob sutton i mean the, he, that's that's the scheme and everything like that so you have to give him give him credit for that one um he saw something on film that told him that was going to work and 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 they did and you're right i mean you know they're you're and, and safety in particular is the group that they've been so banged up and and have guys out there i mean you know and jordan lucas more so than ron parker because you know lucas has only been with the team now for you know almost two months not quite um. so he's so new to the system and everything. So his ability to go out there and be making some of the plays that he is, it's a testament to the kid that, you know, he's able to do that and step into it. Um, but it makes you wonder that, yeah, I mean, if you, you know, hey, if the Chiefs had Daniel Sorensen, had Eric Berry for any amount of time this season, would we feel differently about this defense?
0: Absolutely.
1: Yeah, I have to think so. And,
0: and Ryan, I liked your use of st- strategy.
1: Excellent yeah, I use came of up with that one. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I'll fumble it later. Don't worry. But, Can you, you spell know, it? But now I'm not even close. Okay. I can't spell for nothing, dude. Come on. Just check it. Have you seen my Twitter feed? Yes. Um, so anyway, but this leads me to a, to another con, conundrum because Ron's not going anywhere uh, outside of injury, even when Eric Berry returns, uh, you know, week 17 or whatever it'll be. But. Uh, it, it leaves you with Eric Murray, who I thought made some progress before he got injured, uh, and they clearly have have developed some trust in. Lucas, I think, plays much more instinctual and is, is more of a natural safety. I think he's proven his worth. And Now there's even rumor that Dan Sorensen might come back and practice. Is this one of those things that, like, they actually have a wealth of players, or is this a bunch of, of decent guys that they don't have anybody that really stands out that needs to be on the field, Matt?
2: You know that's a really good call. Um, you know because hey, Jordan Lucas is a third-year player who would never really gotten on the field defensively before, uh, and now is out there just, just out of necessity. Um, but you know I, he does things well. I mean, and you know, and I've talked to him quite a bit in the locker room the last couple of weeks, and you know he he feels like he's had he's he's been he's had this in him all along. He just needed the opportunity um, because he you know he, he's 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 a really sharp guy. He's a he's a student of the game. So. You know, I I don't think there's any doubt that that he's got the the mental aspect of the game down. It's just been the physical aspect and getting him on the field and giving him the opportunities. And you know, so far, I mean, he he looks pretty solid. And, and you would, I'd like to think that with you know more playing time, that maybe he can develop that even further. Uh, but you're right. I mean, you know, some of these guys are are different types of players. I mean, remember, Eric Murray is still you know converting from playing a lot of corner in college. And he is still more of a, you know, more of a man cover kind of safety. So he's still being getting asked to do a lot of things that aren't natural for him or things that are new to him. Whereas, you know, when Jordan Lucas is in there, you know, he's really playing. He's he's more he's a more natural safety. I mean, he has really played more of that in his past than going back to college and everything. So they bring different aspects to the to the game. and, And maybe that's a maybe that is a big advantage for Lucas at this point. Uh, but you gotta think that you know if and when Barry comes back, you get Sorensen back um you know how you split you up playing Houston time with that group
0: uh, you sorry, get you're
2: Houston back, but, but you hey yeah, you get the you get those guys back I, I yeah, I don't know exactly how you end up splitting playing time with that group, maybe hey, maybe you do rotate them a little bit so that you don't wear out Eric Barry as much. Um, you know, Sorensen may need to work his way back, so you know maybe there is a rotation that you can you know get with those guys, but you, you got to think at this point that with the experience that that Lucas and and Shaw has gotten in the last couple of weeks, hey, it's only going to benefit them down the road.
0: And I know you're talking safety. Sorry, I'm just excited about the fact that you look at this defense and what they're able to do to a Bengals team that put up, I believe, at least 24 points in most of their games this season. Uh, and they held them to 10 tonight. Uh, That, to me, is huge, and they did it without Eric Berry. They did it without Justin Houston. They did it without Tano Passano, and they did it without uh, Daniel Sorensen. This defense is starting to come along. Uh, I think that the corners have been playing better. Skandrick had a rough first half, uh, but against A.J. Green, you're going to expect A.J. Green to have a big game. I mean, that's just the way it's going to go. The other thing that stood out to me offensively for Kansas City, not one single receiver over 100 yards. The ball got spread around to eight different receivers. Uh, Kelsey was the closest with 95, but Sammy Watkins, Sammy Watkins was over 60.
1: Um, That's good to see for Sammy, too. I felt like, and Matt, you tell me what you think. I felt like they make a, made a concerted effort when they realized that he hadn't gotten touches in the first half and they went at him yeah it, it seemed like it
2: I mean definitely you know coming out there early, early in the second half and certainly I mean, right off the bat, especially with that the first big play um it, it definitely seemed like that and hey I you know, you're right I mean you know th- spreading the ball around and everything tonight um I, I think this is what we typically expected this team to do with the weapons that it has. Um, it seems like you know most of the season it's been there's been a hot hand, but tonight there I mean outside of Kareem hunt there there wasn't really a hot hand. Um, especially in the receiving group, they just kind of spread the ball all around.
0: You guys want to hear a great quote? You from, get one, you get
1: one, you get one, you get one. You
0: one, want to hear a great quote from Cream Hunt? I'm down to do whatever. People are starting to watch a film on Pat now, so I'm going to make it easy for him. I tell him you do all the cute stuff and I'll handle all the dirty work.
2: Yeah. He, he was he was in pretty good form tonight after the game.
0: Yeah, I can imagine. Five 5'9",
1: 165 pounds, maybe.
0: <laughs> All right, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves too much, but I do have to bring this up. Matt, Kansas City plays Denver at home next week. Uh, they put a stranglehold on the division, and obviously the Broncos aren't their biggest competition right now. But if they can win that game, doesn't that really put them in a great position to win the AFC West?
2: Oh absolutely. I mean, you know uh, you can get three get to three and zero in the division, um especially with two of those games already being on the road and, and you got two more games with Oakland. Right. yeah, I mean that in this division typically is going to be decided by head to head in the division. um I will say this right now. I mean, based on especially since the you know the chiefs play a lot of the contenders in the afc so far, um you know, looking at records, looking at a lot of different things, I mean, the only the only team out there that that numbers wise really defies explanation is Baltimore, because they've got it. They lead the lead. Uh, they got the second best net points in in the conference with seventy five plus over their opponents, but they're only four and three for crying out loud. Um, they're kind of an anomaly. But I'll tell you what, from what we've seen with the Chiefs going head to head with these teams, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, now New England, uh, the Chargers, New England and the Chiefs are the two best teams in the conference and it's not close. I mean, it's, it's a step back to who's the third best. And right now I, I think the third best is either Baltimore or the chargers. Uh, I think you could make a good argument for both of them.
0: Well, and but uh you, you mentioned that and our buddy Nick Jacobs uh, just tweeted out a little bit ago. Chiefs have a one game lead on the Patriots, a two game lead on the chargers, two and a half game lead over the Steelers in a three-game lead on the Ravens, Texans, and Bengals. And they still have uh, – and they've won head-to-head against the Chargers, Steelers, Bengals, Broncos, and Jags. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs>
1: – It's crazy. Yeah. Otherwise known as the driver's seat. Pretty much.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's – you know, hey, I, I I joked a few weeks ago after the, the Patriots lost to uh, Detroit – that okay, so we're all set now. The Chiefs are gonna be going to fourteen and two New England for the AFC championship game. You might the way New England's playing right now, you might have to get to fourteen and two uh to get a home field game. You might have to get to fifteen and one to get a home field at Arrowhead for that AFC championship game.
0: Possibly. I, I still think they struggle down the stretch at some point. I, I think they drop a game that they shouldn't They shouldn't have lost to Detroit. I understand the, the thought, the process of it, but they shouldn't have lost that game. So I think they drop one or two more throughout the season, but we'll see how that ends up. Um, one of the other interesting things, and Ryan, I'm curious if you've heard any more about this, is it sounds like Denver is looking at shopping maybe Bradley Roby and Demarius Thomas.
1: Yeah, I've heard both locally on um- – some of the beat reporters here have a little little clutch that they pass things around with. Um, I'm hearing more about Roby than anything, um, which is funny because I think he's kind of turned his game up in the next last couple of weeks. Um, but I, I think honestly, the only the only Bronco that the Chiefs fans should be interested in is Shane Ray because he's going to be a free agent. Um, and if if the debacle that is about to become D. Ford being one of the top five pass rushers in the league when he's up for a contract. Uh, Shane Ray is going to be an option, I think.
0: Fair,
2: and I just have to say, I cannot wait for the trade deadline to be over because
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: this has just been nonsense this year. My my gut tells me that we're going to get to the trade deadline and nothing's going to happen. But
0: but you. you could see it the other direction too, couldn't you?
2: I I could see it. I mean, there's more. There's more. There's more scuttlebutt about trades this year and, and guys moving than ever before. And I, I, I'll be honest. I mean, I think a big part of it is that there are more sellers than there are, have been in before, but I'm not sure there's any buyers. I, I, I don't know because, you know, there, there haven't been that many trades, you know, in the grand scheme of things in season, you know, under the new CBA since really, you know, 2011. And a big part of that is because, you know, draft picks are, are, are too affordable. I mean, they're too great to have. Um, you know, you there's no risk anymore. I mean, they're you know, you're set with you know what they're gonna be and they're very cheap compared to what they used to be, especially the higher the pick. So teams don't want to give up draft picks anymore. Now if you want to move a guy for a seventh round pick or, you know, maybe a conditional fifth, yeah, you can move those guys all day long, but then again, you know, if you hold on to those players, you might be able to get better compensation by letting them hit free agency and getting the comp pick back. You know, uh, to me it's, uh, to me the real the real thing about it though is that fans get so excited about the idea of making trades, and we can get a guy in here that's going to you know fix the Chiefs' defense and all these things. And there's just two things that are true. One is that name me an in-season trade that worked, and <laughs> I defy you. I mean. There's only a handful of in-season trades that have ever made a difference, and and most of them are skill players. I mean, you know, hey, Marshawn Lynch going to Seattle made a difference. Um, now, the fact they were able to keep him long-term made a difference too. But, you know, the fact that there's just not that many guys who have changed teams in the middle of the season that make an impact on the defensive side. So the idea that there's a you know a magic bullet out there that you're going to be able to get for somebody to come in, linebacker, corner, wherever it may be, and and make a difference, is it, just fool's gold. I mean, it's just not typically out there. So to me, I cannot wait for the trade light trade deadline to be over because it's just nonsense. There's just there's <laughs> the only thing that would make any sense is if there's a team out there willing to give away somebody that. Hey, he's under contract, or you think you can sign, and is willing to take him for a fifth-round pick, and and you can turn him into something. And you think that you can coach him up, and you can fix him and everything. But other, other than that, you send a second-round pick for, you know, somebody you think can come in and fix you on defense ain't going to happen. I, it's, just, it's just not out there.
0: I still say I'd give a second-round pick in a heartbeat for Landon Collins. But – not gonna, I know and, it's not going to, and happen. I will say
2: this. I mean, I know somebody's going to bring this up, and I will say that this is exactly what proves my point. They'll say, "Hey, Khalil Mack going to Chicago." That proves my point in the sense that you've got to you've got to give up a ton mm-hmm. to get the one guy in the league that could do it. Yep. You know, there's only if, if, if you're telling me that the Chiefs can get Khalil Mack. Yeah, go get him, but that's not available. That's not what's – That's why. That's not, not going to happen. And you never had a chance to get Khalil Mack anyway, because the Raiders would have never traded him to Kansas
0: City. Yep. Well, I think that is going to end it for us tonight. I do have to throw a shout out to one of our favorite uh, radio guys in Denver for his prognosis in June that Patrick Mahomes would not throw over twenty six touchdowns this year. Um, so thank you for that. <laughs> well, we're, we're, Was
2: it me? Folks? We're, we're subtweeting on the podcast now.
0: Yes, we are. Is that how that works? Sorry, I couldn't resist. I saw that. I was like, "Oh, I got, I got to throw that one out." Subtly done. Well, well done,
1: Chris. thanks, uh, folks. We're gonna met, let Matt go because obviously I'm tired. He's tired. It's after midnight. He's still at the stadium. Uh, thanks for taking the time to like sit down in a quiet spot if there is one, Matt. Uh, we appreciate it. Thank
2: you guys, and, and thank you for letting me rant. And uh, if anyone has any complaints, you can send them to me on Twitter.
1: Just watch everything on Chiefs di- Digest, and you can comment all there. Exactly. So, folks, thank Go you to you the site and comment to your heart's content. You can even make comments on the videos. It doesn't matter. It's fine. I I, I will answer all that come in. So uh, We appreciate your time and listening to us tonight. I know it's late. So um, thank you all. We will be with you again tomorrow, and we'll have more coming uh, another crossover with uh, the Broncos guy. Uh, I think you guys are going to like a lot. And we'll be back with Matt as soon as we possibly can. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Chris. Good night, all. We will talk to you tomorrow. Subscribe to the show on iTunes or Google Play. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Chiefs. Check out my work at RGR Football on YouTube, Chris's work on lockedonchiefs.com, and all of Seth's film analysis at theathletic.com. Thanks for listening.